If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 61. You know, the past week I've been... I've been in pretty deep thought. I've been trying to get some uh, guidance and direction, not only for myself, but for this church. You know, I felt like uh, when we came here that God had a purpose for us. And I want to share a little bit of that with you today. I've read this scripture to you before, and I, I told you why. I felt this scripture was important, but I want to read it again because it kind of seems like sometimes we get in a a routine. It kind of seems like we sometimes forget what our purpose is just going on through our daily lives. But I want to reinforce this today. I want you to, to get a new taste of it. I want you to really get this in your heart and in your spirit today. So let's start in Isaiah chapter 61. We're going to start reading in verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that He might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Now this scripture is, is scripture that Jesus read in the temple one day, and everybody got pretty upset. But this is uh, Isaiah's prophesying about what Jesus was coming to do. Now, I don't know about you guys, but to me the word Christian means Christ-like. So that means to me that if Jesus was sent to do these things, that we are supposed to be filling in in that same capacity now that He is not here. We are supposed to be about the same business that He came to accomplish. Now I want to point some things out in this scripture that we read. The very first section of verse 1 there says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. How many of you know that Jesus did not go about His ministry until He received the Holy Spirit? Now... When you start talking about the Holy Spirit and Jesus, things get a little bit tricky because they kind of are the same, being two different parts of the Trinity. But there was a time when he was baptized by John the Baptist. And at that point, 
the Holy Spirit descended upon him, it said, in the form of a dove. That dove represents the Holy Spirit. So, it was not until that point that he went about his ministry. Now, that tells me that being filled with the Spirit, having been empowered by the Spirit, is something important. It's something that if we are going to be about His business, if we're going to be doing the work He called us to do, we need to be seeking that in our lives before we move any further. Now, as I was praying this week, you know, I kind of felt ashamed. Because when I first started here and and even before then, I was pretty fired up about what God wanted me to do. But you kind of get into a, a place where you're just going on and doing things over and over, and you're, you're not, you kind of lose sight of what that original vision was. And I begin to pray and say, God, I know you have a purpose for us. And I remember the purpose you, t- you told us about. But why is it? Why is it that, that that vision that I had that was so strong has begun to wane? Why is it that that is not so much of a concern to me anymore? Why is it that I'm pretty happy just moving along, doing my daily duties that I have, and I'm not concerned about that thing? He began to show me that you, you have to stay full of the Spirit. I heard a preacher say one time that something must be full in order for it to flow. Now y'all hear me this morning. David talked about in Psalms 23, he said, You anointed my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. That cup he's talking about is is his spirit was full. Now if you want to affect somebody, you've got to be full. If you want the spirit to be leading and guiding you, it's got to be full. You can take a little bit here and there just to keep going. But if you don't get up and get full of the Spirit, if you don't see something change in you, how do you expect you to change somebody else? If you ain't feeling the Spirit move in your own life, how do you expect it to affect somebody that you encounter on a daily basis? So I begin to seek God and say, God, what is it going to take? All these things I just read about, I want to see these things happen. You know, this is the vision that God gave me for what our purpose is here in this area, in Kennard. These old wastes that it talked about. These things that need to be rebuilt. These people that are broken hearted. These, these people that need the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's, it's, it's our responsibility to minister to those people. That last verse I read you tells you what we're going to be called if we go about God's business and we keep this vision strong. It said you'll be named the priest of God. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. I want to minister to people. Oh, let me tell you now. There's a part of me that could care less about ministering to somebody. It's that old natural fleshly thing. That, that human side of me that really don't care anything about anybody else but myself. But there's another part of me that I'm trying to feed. A part of me that I want to be stronger than that other thing. And that's the spiritual side. 
And let me tell you something about that spiritual side. If you are having trouble figuring out which one is which, that spiritual side has love. That spiritual side has love for your brethren. It has love for people you don't even know. When you begin to have a concern for somebody you don't even know, you know then that you're feeding the spiritual side a little more. You, you begin to hold down that carnal man. You begin to put him to death. You know, the Scripture tells us to mortify the deeds of the body. And that mortify, the word mortify means to put to death. You've got to put those things to death. You've got to get rid of them. You, you can't continue to exist in the natural realm, in the spiritual realm at the same time. The Word tells us to walk after the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you have problems with, with the flesh rising up in your life, and maybe you ain't feeding the Spirit like you ought to, maybe you're not walking after the Spirit anymore. You know, as I was praying last night, I was kind of seeking God for what I should preach today. And there was part of a scripture that came back to my mind, and you've probably heard it quoted many times. If you want to look it up later, it's in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. But the part I want to talk to you about is where he says, It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, we can have all kinds of influence in this world. Political influence. We can have money. We can have all sorts of worldly possessions. We can be physically strong. You know, I've seen bodybuilders that could just lift massive amounts of weight. But the Word tells us that if you're going to accomplish what it is that God has called you to do, it ain't got nothing to do with your might. It don't have anything to do with your power, your influence in this world. What it has to do with is His Spirit. His Spirit is the one that can can, can break every yoke. It can, it can break every bondage, every form of bondage that's known to man. It's His Spirit that roams free, that if you allow it to move in your life, that it will uplift you. It'll pull you out of that pit. You know, David talked about a pit in Psalms chapter 40. He said that he pulled me up out of the mud and the mire. He pulled me up out of a horrible pit. He set my feet on a rock and established my goings. That is what the Holy Spirit will do to you. It will bring you up out of that pit. You know, there are people in this world that can't see light. They, they have no, no guidance. They don't know where to go from there. They feel like I have reached the bottom. If They feel like there is no hope. But it's because they lack the Spirit of God. It's because they lack <clears throat> someone in their life that is full of the Spirit. Full to overflowing. Let me talk to you a little bit about that overflowing. How many of y'all have ever put water and antifreeze in a car? You know, you don't have to fill that thing up for that car to work right. Now y'all listen. It doesn't have to be full. But you know, if you don't fill it up all the way, you risk a chance of that thing overheating. 
I'm not saying it will, but it might if you don't have enough. But let me tell you something about a car. If you fill that thing up to the top, you top it off. There is no more room inside that motor for for anything because there's so much liquid in it. When it starts to get a little warm, what does it do? It begins to spill out into an overflow tank. How many of y'all's overflow tanks today are bone dry? Now think about that for a minute. I spent a lot of days running near empty. And you know, sometimes... Now, y'all listen. I've got the Spirit in me, okay? But I don't want to run next to empty on on my my infilling of the Spirit. Because all I'm doing is just... It's just barely getting by. Is that the way you want to live? Do you want to live your life just barely getting by? Do you want to be just a so-so Christian? Do you want to just just exist in this world and not make a difference for anybody? If that's the case, then I want to ask y'all to just leave right now. I don't have time for that today. God has sent us here for a purpose. All right. Now, if you're on board with that purpose, let's go forward. You can't go forward sitting on half a tank. You can't go forward when you may get a mile down the road and overheat. You've got to have some reserve. When that car overheats, it spills that water into the overflow. Why does it do that? Why didn't they design the thing to just dump it out on the ground? Because when it cools off, it's going to pull it back in. There are times in my life when I'm able to allow the Spirit to flow freely. When, when I begin to heat up and the Spirit begins to flow, it's got to go somewhere. Amen? I want my overflow to be those around me. I want to be reaching people. When I allow the Spirit to flow freely, it better be flowing into some people that's around me. If I ain't got enough in me, I'm just existing. I'm just barely keeping myself in heaven. But I ain't helped nobody else. Now, let me tell y'all something. That's selfishness. When when all I'm thinking about is I'm going to go to church Sunday and get my fill. And then I get to work and, man, I sure can't wait to get back to church. Because I didn't get full. I just got enough to keep me going. How do you expect to help anybody else if you can't hardly help yourself? Amen? I wrote down a few things here that the Spirit is used for, the Holy Spirit. The first thing I wrote down is the Spirit guides us in our work for God. I already talked to you about how Jesus didn't begin His ministry until He received the baptism of the Spirit. But Jesus also told His disciples to wait in Jerusalem. After He ascended back to heaven, He said, you wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. Because He knew there wasn't no point in you going and trying to do anything until you had some guidance. As I was praying... I'm seeking that guidance. I don't sit around and just try to think of things to do. 
I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to, to speak to my heart. And you know how He does that? He does that through His Word. The Word comes to, to my mind. And when I, when I hear that Word in my heart, and I know that it applies to the very thing I'm, I'm praying about, I know that is God speaking to me. God speaks to you through His Word. There is power in the Word of God. Understand that today. The Word is alive. I have never read a book that I could bring back parts of it to my memory and that it would apply to a life situation that it would fix something. The Word of God does that. God will answer my prayer through His Word. But that's only through the Holy Spirit. Another thing I wrote down is the Spirit empowers us. Those disciples were told to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Now why in the world do we need power? Listen, if you're going to go about spiritual work, you need spiritual power. Getting up and eating you a breakfast in the morning is not going to strengthen you to do spiritual work. But if you begin to feast on the Word of God, you begin to allow that Spirit to flow freely, you invite His presence into your house. You invite His presence into your car. You will be strengthened. You'll be empowered to do what He's guiding you to do. One more thing I wrote down, and by no means is this the limit of what the Holy Spirit does. But the Spirit comforts us. Jesus said that He's going to go away. But don't you know, if I go away, I'm sending somebody in my place. He sent the Holy Spirit as a comforter. Now this scripture I read to start with, what did it tell us? He told us that we were here to bind up the brokenhearted. It tells us that we're going to give beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now what does that sound like to y'all? That sounds like comforting, doesn't it? How are you going to comfort somebody in a spiritual time? If you ain't got the comforter in you. If you ain't got the one that can comfort someone spiritually, how do you expect to help anybody? You know, I can get next to somebody and console them and put my arm around them if they're in a time of mourning, but let me tell you something. There's a time when people have walls built up, just like this sister requested prayer for this morning. People have walls built up. They need something that knows how to tear down those walls. And let me tell you, there ain't no human. There ain't no book other than the Word of God. There, there is nothing on this earth that can help those kind of people. But the Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit knows how to, how to tend to hearts. It knows how to minister. And when you're full of the Spirit and you begin... You know, the Holy Spirit can prepare people before you ever get to them. Now, you ought to be praying that on a daily basis. Whenever you encounter somebody that you work with, whenever you encounter somebody that lives next door to you, or, or you encounter somebody in the grocery store, you need to have already prayed, 
God, put people in my path today that need ministering to, that need that need something from you, Father. And while you're at it, go ahead and prepare their hearts to receive the word. Now, did y'all hear what I said? I said, receive the word. If you ain't got the word to give, how are you going to help anybody? You know, this all goes together. You've got to be full of the Spirit. But in order for that Spirit to help anybody, you've got to be full of the Word. You can tell people comforting things all day long. But let me tell you something. If it ain't backed by the power and authority of the Word of God, you're just speaking to them. You know, some people think that they don't have to memorize Scripture. Some people think they don't have to worry about keeping this stuff in your heart. But I've seen too many times that I've talked to somebody and I've quoted a scripture to them and I've told them where it was at that it made an impact. Because like I said a while ago, there's power in the Word of God. It's not; These aren't just idle words. When, when you begin to speak the Word of God, let me tell you, demons flee. There, there's a song that I love, it, and the, the title of the song is, I Love to Say Your Name. And all it is, it's a praise song. And the guy talks about how he loves to say the various names of God. Elohim. Adonai, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh. He just goes on and on with these different names, and he tells you what these names mean. You know, we don't name people like that anymore. They used to name people, and it would it would be a name that meant something. It was it didn't just sound cool. It wasn't just the the trending that thing to name somebody. It meant something. Oh, you start listening to what those names mean. That song says that I love to see darkness flee when I speak your name. Oh, when you say the name of Jehovah, you say the name Elohim, and I guarantee you somebody's going to stand up and pay attention. You speak that name to somebody that is not a Christian, and I guarantee you they're going to take a double take at you. They're going to look at you and say, what in the world are you talking about speaking those names like that? But you begin to say names like that, and I guarantee you people are going to listen because there is power in the name of God. There is power in the one that is the great I am. The one that is greater than any other thing. When you begin to speak His name, I guarantee you, you have just put the demons on notice. They know now that there is somebody that knows something about somebody that's got power over them. When you say that name, oh, let me tell you something, people. There is power in His name. There's power in His Word. When those people, when those demons hear that Word, they know there's somebody that's just come into their presence that has power over them through the name of Jesus Christ. Y'all stand up and give Him praise this morning. Oh, Master, we praise Your name. We praise and worship Your holy name today. Lord, we know there's power in the name of God and power in the name of Jesus. Oh, Master, we praise You. We praise You. We praise You. Oh, Lord, we praise Your name. Oh, Jesus, we could spend all day just praising You and it wouldn't be anywhere near enough. 
Oh, Master. Oh, Lord, we praise Your name right now. Jesus, Jesus, sit down if you can. Lord, we praise You, we praise You. I want y'all to go forward this week and I want y'all to remember this one phrase. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The King of kings and Lord of lords says that it's by His spirit that bondage is broken. It's by His spirit that people are set free. It's by His spirit that you can go forth and do the work you need to do. There's so many times that I get tied up thinking, God, how in the world can I accomplish what it is you want me to do? Oh, but I heard another song the other day. Let me tell y'all something. If you ain't listening to some Christian music, you better find some. God speaks to you through music. You think David sang and danced around for no reason? No. uh Uh-uh. There's power when you begin to praise God. But I heard this song, and he said, God, I want to be great. And at first I said, what in the world is he talking about? I want to be great. I ain't ever prayed and said, God, I want to be great before. My prayer has always been, I want to be humble. God, I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want any praise for it. But what he said is, God, I want to be great. I want to be so great that people look at me and see there ain't no way he could have done that on his own. It had to be God that was doing it through him. I want to do things so great that people look and say, what in the world happened? This little boy from Kennard can't do any of that stuff on his own. He don't have a college degree. He don't have any kind of thing special. He didn't go to seminary school. Oh, but when they see the great things that come out of this place... They're going to sit and they're going to know that there's got to be something going on that's outside of this world. There's something greater than He is going on because there ain't no way that could happen from a little country boy. Amen. Y'all stand with me this morning. Father, we thank You for this, this Word, Lord. Jesus, this is the Word that we need to be dwelling on. Lord, oh, Your presence is so strong right now, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Father, this is the Word. This is the vision that we need to have. Your Word says that people without vision will perish. Father, let us have vision. Help us to keep this in the front of our mind, Father. I don't know how in the world we can go into this area, Lord, and help anybody. But Your Word says it's not by might or power. It's not by anything You have in You. It's by My Spirit. We need to be full of Your Spirit, Lord. Oh, Father, I praise Your name today. Thank You for this Word, Lord. Jesus, I praise You. You know, I would <clears throat> I would not be fulfilling my duties today if I were to leave this place right now without giving somebody an opportunity to come down here. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Nobody's looking around. <clears throat> you don't have to be embarrassed. 
If there's anybody here that might laugh at you, I tell you what, they ain't worth worrying about. If there's somebody here today, oh, I don't even know what to ask for. But if there's anybody here today that wants prayer for anything, if, if you just want God to touch you, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, if you want healing, whatever it may be, I don't know what it is, but God and you do. Come on down here this morning. We'll pray with you.